0: And now it's time for Eastcast and reports from coastal stations. East at Sierra, West at Sierra, South West at Sierra and North North East Sierra. Wind South West, rain at times, good. Forties, fifties, sixties, Tyne, Dogger, German bite, French kiss and Swiss roll. Westerly becoming cyclonic, good. Right here in London's East
1: End. Operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? One might be your secretary, your doctor's receptionist, or a dancer in a go-go club.
2: They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Now. Now.
3: Hello and welcome to EastCast, we're here to broadcast the best in arts and culture from East London. Today is round two, recording from Pearl's living room, so we're not in the studio, but it doesn't mean we won't spoil you with weird and wonderful stuff like this.
4: Performance art and live art nights can be, for a lot of people, the idea of that, or the thought of that is like someone sitting on the floor bleeding.
5: That was Laura Lowe from Smash Lab, and we'll be hearing about what Smash Lab is a bit later.
6: Also, we've discovered that there may be more out there to exercise than this.
7: Great. And scissor it out. Okay, here's our quick burn. Give it all you've got the scissors.
8: Come on. We'll have one MTS right now, but later check Eastcast Show for our podcast, um, which is also on iTunes. But what music have you got for, the, for us this week?
5: Well, as usual, we're not defined by genres on this show. And we have music from Dominique Young-Unique. Francois and the Atlas Mountains, Tycho, Sinner, and let's start with something from the Orange Revival, a Swedish four-piece who have no problem with stealing the oo-oos from the Stones' Sympathy from the Devil. You'll see what I mean in a minute. They'll be playing at the Macbeth on Thursday the 27th of March, so here's Yesterday by the Orange Revival.
3: So that was Orange Revival with Yesterday. Uh, So if the clip of a breathy husky woman doing her workout at the start of the show put you off exercising for life... Then have a listen to this next piece about a very different kind of gym. I'm Adia
9: Boaba and I'm the Good Gym Hackney coordinator. Okay, So tell me a bit about what the Good Gym is. The Good Gym, um, we are a group of runners who run to do good in our local communities. Um, I coordinate the Hackney branch, but there's a branch in Tower Hamlets, in Camden, in Lambeth, um, and soon to the other branches in other areas. We also have um, branches in Bristol as, as well. So it's really growing. Yeah, yeah, amazing. It's really amazing. It's great to know that there's people out there who want to do something for the local community, but also get themselves fit Mm -hmm. in as well, which is brilliant. And um, what's your background? Are you a fitness instructor? Yeah, so um, I'm a personal trainer um, and a jog coach. I also have a background in urban regeneration and community engagement. So when I found The Good Gym, when I started volunteering with them over two years ago, I just thought it was the perfect combination Mm. of, yeah working with local people but also keeping fit as well so yeah and I what know, sort
3: of job role. what sort of jobs do you do around
9: the community? Okay, then so um, say for instance um, tonight um, we're working with the Secret Seed Society, um, moving their um, garden from the roof down to the, the ground floor and their bee garden as well. We also work we're working with Growing Communities and the Patchwork Farmers, and then basically they're an organisation who are looking at um, training local people so that they'll actually take over small urban. So they actually develop and grow local veg for local people. So I've been working for them since the start of Good Gym, um, Good Gym Hackney, and it's great to be able to sort of see how they've developed over the year and actually now growing local food um, to supply local businesses and the local people there as well.
3: Okay. So how does it work? Do you put a call out to... to- yeah. Businesses to see who needs help?
9: Yeah, it's, um, it happens uh, it, vice versa, really. So we put a call out, um, we contact local community groups, um, growing groups, um, elderly people's groups, etc. And then people start to hear about what we do. So also people then start to put a call into us, which is great. Hmm. So the, um, the word is spreading, which okay. is wonderful. Yeah.
3: OK. And it's really quite hard work. I mean, I've just ran here... <laughs> Great isn't it? I signed it? up. Um, yeah. we ran how, how many how many kilometers would you say um, that, that was? 3.5k. 3.5 yeah,
9: and we'll be doing 3.5k on the way back as well.
3: And it's quite, you know, full on that's the
9: whole idea. Yeah. It's the whole idea that um, who needs who needs the gym when actually yeah. um, a decent run and actually lots of lifting, pulling, dragging, painting, etc. Um, actually provides a really good workout for you.
3: How many calories do you think I've burnt?
9: <laughs> I would say quite a lot. Have you been running up and down the stairs as well? Yeah, I've done two of those
3: trips.
10: I would with quite a... a lot of calories. Yeah. <laughs> I would quite a lot of calories there.
3: <laughs> Lovely. Eddie, thank you very much. Oh, no problem. Okay. So I spoke to a few runners... On the night, and it was interesting because they were doing it for different reasons, really. Uh, One girl had only just moved to London, didn't know many people, and she said it was a great way of meeting people but also getting to know the area. I mean, what better way than running around? The local yeah.
5: area, mm-hmm. and uh, but so can you talk to people when they're all kind of out, out of breath and like yeah. running up and downstairs? They're probably quite fit
8: in the, in the, bre- Everyone the breaks. Everyone <laughs> is uh,
3: well, the uh, they do say that you need to be able to run 15 minutes to join up, so you need a certain level of fitness before you even start. And then they encourage you to sort of pair up on the way oh, and, that's, that's and nice. chat to each other and introduce everybody in the beginning during the warm up, so it is very sociable.
6: I think I can run 3.5k um, so I thought yay but then I heard there's another 3.5k on the way back yeah but you got a so sort of well, it's not
3: really a break but you're not running for about 45 minutes while you're doing the cards you're, task. Just, doing no, you're just running up paint. and down
5: the yeah. lifting bags of soil <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Pulling
8: yeah but it, it sounds good because I think that people can get can can be a bit shy about helping the community but mm. you know because it's is a mixed activity people don't don't feel like they're going Towards something that someone that might not know and mm. they might be shy, so it, because yeah. it's a group thing, it might be easier. Yeah, the
3: volunteering aspect is um, chosen for you and organised for you essentially, and so mm-hmm. um, you just have to turn up at this um, at this place it, just by London Field Station. It's a little bit hard to to find, but and then you all set off together from there. I think
10: it's a great idea, and I imagine. If there's quite a lot of you, even though you're only helping out for 45 minutes, you probably have quite a big yeah. impact. Yeah, you know, definitely. Many hands make light There was work. about 30, I, I would say. about 30 could people there. Fantastic. You could do quite a lot it's there. It's quite a right? crowd. Yeah.
6: Also, you're saving money not going to the
8: gym
10: and yeah. um, you're outside, yeah. and, and the gym's, gym's
8: quite boring.
10: Yeah. That's why I don't go to the gym, because yeah. it's
8: just And it's painful. diverse, isn't it? It's running, and then you yeah. never know what's going to happen later on in yeah. between the runs. It's exciting.
5: Well, I think the best workout you can get is having a good dance. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this lady has become quite a regular on dance floors across the world. Well, not her literally, her music. Um, so you might have bounced to her, throw it... Uh, track which was produced by DJ Fresh or seen that Lucas Aid ad with all the kids being sprayed by water looking very cool so that's that's yeah. her this is um so it's Dominique Young Unique and she'll be playing weirdly at the Seabright Arms I can't quite picture that one but why not <laughs> um on Tuesday the 25th of March so this is Dominique Young Unique with She
6: young, unique, incredibly unique there, liked that. Um, So we've all probably encountered or attended some of East London's pop-up cinemas. There's a famous secret cinema, the rooftop cinema, and even an American-style drive-through cinema as well. I went down to the launch of um, a new one, a different one, uh, at Bethnal Green's very own Town Hall Hotel.
2: (laughs)
11: Hello, my name's Liana, and I am the usherette. Second Chance Cinema is a great way to see films that you missed at the cinema um, in a really cool environment with people like me coming round, having a chat to you. We've got lovely popcorn that are unusual flavours like toffee, apple, cinnamon, and, uh, yeah, and we're in this, like, strange courtroom-type room that's really funky and you wouldn't normally get to go to.
6: (laughs) And um, you're wearing an interesting outfit. Could you uh, describe it to uh, to the listeners, please?
11: Wow, I am wearing a pillar box hat and a um, lovely white shirt with a black bow tie and a red jacket that looks a little bit like um, a toy soldier. And I've also got my black fresh nuts on uh, that I keep catching every time I uh, go en- near anything Velcro-like and some lovely painted black shoes and... A- Little pair of black hot pants to uh, to top You're very it. Very much off. enjoying your role. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. Having a cool time. And um, yeah, I guess you would say I'm a 50s style usherette.
12: My name is Dominic Davis, and I am the founder and creator of the Second Chance Cinema.
6: And the launch night was tonight, and you chose to show the film Filth.
12: <laughs> um, I thought we'd open the opening uh, night with a bit of a bang, actually, and uh, wake people up and get them sort of realising uh, the intensity of cinema or how it can be, really. It's also just a personal favourite of mine, um, and it has been recently, so as soon as we had the availability to show it, we wanted to get it out there, really.
6: Just taking you back a little bit, because I'm quite curious about um, how long you had an idea to set up a kind of a a different style of cinema and when it was in your, your back garden um, have you always wanted to do that since you were young or?
12: Um, I think I just always like <laughs> a bit of a project actually <coughs> and I saw the increase of I was obviously inspired by other companies doing these kinds of outdoor cinemas or whether they're on top of rooftops or whether they're doing different things with film and as always, a lover of film anyway um, I thought to myself, well there's no reason why I, I might just build on in my garden, it might be quite fun keep like, uh, the wolf away for a little bit I guess and give me something to do and it wasn't until I had sort of 40 mates round. Well, we got all of our furniture from the house outside, people brought their own bean bags and camping chairs, we had a big barbecue and um, we ended up doing a Blues Brothers theme night where people came dressed up and people were dancing around, pretty drunk actually, to uh, a lot of the songs and all of a sudden realised, I think I can probably take this to the public and I wonder if people would pay to do this if we organise it in a cool location, so from that point on started to look at some strange and unusual locations and found a basement in East London which was had no power and uh, I don't know if it would have fit a lot of health and safety regulations but we managed to pull off our first show um, full of candlelight, lots of stairs to get down, it was all smelled a bit damp in there and I had 35 people sat on camping chairs, um, most of which I knew, I think they were all my friends, but lucky enough to have that grow from my back garden to... Audience sizes as big as sort of 800 for a big Halloween specials with actors jumping out and zombies chasing you around um, and having some great food and drinks partners. And once I discovered the Town Hall Hotel, which is an absolutely beautiful location, realized that there was, it, it didn't necessarily fit the brand as such because it was no longer a backyard. It was actually in a really beautiful and quite iconic setting. So uh, that's where the Second Chance Cinema was born.
6: So um, now we're here, and it really is, yeah, quite impressive. Um, It reminds me a little bit of, like, a Freemasons. Very (laughs)
12: much so, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's an ex-council chamber. It was, it's a listed building, so nothing can change. So the fact you're sitting on 100-year-old leather seats and oak, I mean, if you read up about the actual town hall, I mean, it was at a time where the country was very, very, was very well off, or this part of the country was very well off as well. So there was no holding back on the resources they used. So all the wood's been, like, shipped over from Australia and stuff, which back then was quite a big deal. And within the hotel, you can even find the old mayor's office, which is now function room. The whole idea is it's luxury. It's not just your chance to see this film at the cinema that you missed, because otherwise we would have all gone to our, fam- our, our local multiplex, but it's your chance to watch it in a much more luxurious environment. It's perfect for a first date, basically, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty nice, in here it?
6: <laughs> and um, you've got a few big films coming up. Um, what, what do you recommend? What should people come and see? We well, have indeed.
12: We've got a few sold-out films. So Captain Phillips is sold out, About Time sold out. We've got Gravity, which is going to be an exciting one. Um, I think a lot of people will be looking at that because they missed it and then they've seen the Oscars and the BAFTAs. Um, we've got Philomena as well, which is going to be great and we are then ideally well we're going to be continuing doing this for a little while now so as those new releases sort of drop off the cinema and before they come out on dvd we've got access to play them
6: that was uh, Dominic there from the Second Chance Cinema that I went to uh, a few weeks back um, so there's still tickets to go in the ne- for the next few showings it's a weekly thing so a lot of it's sold out um, but there's still tickets from Nebraska on the 2nd of April and Philomena which I think is a great film um, on the 9th of April so and no tickets for about time um, but get your tickets quickly if you want to go it's um, quite a beautiful venue I have to say uh, rather unusual experience Um, Nothing particularly Extraordinary about it So pricey but then
5: Same kind of prices as the everyman For the same For sitting in something A nice seat Is that pretty much what you get for your £16? Or...
6: Um, well, I'm thinking it was the launch so um, perhaps, you know, there was a lot of press there and things like that. Maybe mm. things might uh, might change a little bit but um, there was a talk at the beginning from Dominic himself and there were short films shown at the beginning which were really good actually. Um, some films... From the fifties and things, and a a quite a cool documentary as well. So, if you're a filmmaker, you can actually um, get some of your work shown, which is quite good as well. And
5: I have to say, that building, the town hall, is pretty amazing. I mean, you know, if if you ever get a chance to just wander around there anyway, it's uh, quite an impressive part of the world. And
6: you also get drinks served to your seat as well, which is quite nice. You feel feel quite special. I do have to say, Um, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't turn down going again. (laughs)
5: Maybe on a hot date.
6: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So for our next
5: musical interlude, here's the Franco-British group Francois and the Atlas Mountains, who've got quite a cult following on both sides of the channel with their combination of folk pop and some sporadic Afro-inspired beats. Um, They're playing at the Hoxton Bar and Kitchen on Wednesday the 26th of March, and here is their track, So Many No's.
13: on my side You You have always been my kind I can only be wise For a certain time You shy You hide But I'll take you by surprise And we will feel so light the starry sky Tonight Tonight Future is looking bright Tomorrow you'll sigh We should have never tried so hard, it turned my head upside, oh if, oh if, oh if I'm not your kind, look away from my eyes.
10: was Francois and the Atlas Mountains with their track So Many Knows." Now our show is on NTS every other Monday morning at eight o'clock or you can catch up anytime on eastcarshow.com or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Thanks
8: Mel. Being an artist in the 21st century is hard work. It's not enough having great artwork. You also need to be a guru on promoting yourself on social media, learn how to code to create a wicked website and master another handful of skills. I met the founders of Dropper, a platform to change all that.
14: Hello, I'm Matt, I'm the creative director now and the founder of Dropper. Hi, I'm Noel, I'm,
15: I guess, lead backend web developer, CTO and also founder of
14: Dropper.
5: Hi, I'm Isabel. I'm uh, Dropper's community manager. How did it all start out?
14: So we met up with Noel uh, while at uh, university. And so we've been freelancing a lot doing portfolios for our friends and, and clients. Uh Noel was doing more of kind of music websites for bands and I was doing more of like general artists, graffiti artist portfolios. And we really missed a tool that would help us create a portfolio very easily and would let us upload content of various types, so like music and pictures and videos in one place. And it was really hard to do at the time. It really needed a lot of tricks or using various services or a lot of hacking and it was a waste of time. And we started talking about it at some point and we came up with the idea to create a Dropper.
8: When was that? 2009.
14: It's been a couple of years, of course, since we started and it's always been our side project, kind of like tumbling somewhere, somewhere on the side. It was in sort of laboratory mode and we've been experimenting, refreshing, rebuilding the thing completely every few months. And then in the end, we felt it is the time to do it. So we crowdfunded and then we released the version 1.0 just a month ago. And since then, things started going pretty crazy.
15: Yeah, so we started off with Showcase, spelled S-H-O-C-A-S-E. I think the domain name might have been available, but for something like $30,000 or something crazy like that. So we just started trying to think of other names and then other words and then just kind of other sounds. Luckily, uh, we found Dropper, which is like a five-letter word, kind of word.
14: Now it's a word. And we thought it was worth going for it.
8: And what else is in uh, the pipeline?
14: Soon we are releasing uh, Dropper 1.1, 1. 1, which will come only like less than two months after the Dropper 1.0, and it will bring a lot of new stuff. So that's our first goal for now. Also, we're, we're getting a lot of people joining us. So we're working on support all of this traffic. We're getting over thousand new members every day now which is quite a lot
8: can you network
14: yes actually we built it on two layers so the first function of dropper is just basically to save you from all the pain of sharing finished work sharing stuff on instagram is as easy as it can be but sharing finished work when you're an artist um, it's still pretty hard actually so we wanted to make it almost as easy as on instagram but you end up with a full, full website that you can share with people. And that's the main reason we created Dropper. But then at the back of it, there's the whole network, and Dropper tries to match you with other people around the world and suggests your artwork to them. So you pretty much always have constant traffic on your portfolio, even if you don't do anything about it. And uh, you can follow people, you can message them, collect their artwork into sort of mood boards,
9: Yeah, Dropper just made it really, really easy for artists to share their content and also to connect with people. When you're an artist, you just need time to make your art, whatever it is, music, painting, multimedia, design. You just don't want to be online promoting yourself. You need something that is clear and that respects the quality of your contents as the maximum way possible. Uh, So that's what Dropper do. It creates you a portfolio that helps you win time.
15: The Dropper 1.1 is going to be coming definitely in the next four weeks, probably a little sooner. That's going to bring a whole load of new updates, Uh, the most important one being art sales. So for the first time, it's going to be possible for artists to turn one of their dropper projects into a a purchasable product. So someone can upload their tracks or a high-res image, and it can be paid for and downloaded by a visitor to the portfolio. Uh, then, in the very near future, we plan on introducing the ability to send your, sell your physical artwork on Dropper 2. So you know, people can sell prints or T-shirts or whatever they want directly from their Dropper page. In terms of commissions, artists will keep up to 90% of every sale. Uh, another good benefit of it for creatives is they don't need to like maintain a separate store to their portfolio. It's just one place for everything.
8: Being in Hackney Wick, you're surrounded by people who are artists themselves and they love collaborate. They did it help?
14: Uh, yeah, well, being in Hackney Wick is an amazing thing. Uh, it's just easy to do stuff. Like when we're shooting a video for our crowdfunding thing, we needed a typewriter as a prop for a video. So I just wrote on our group. There's like 2,000 people on a, on a local group. And I had a typewriter within, I think, 15 minutes or something like that. You can, whatever you need, really, you can ask for it and you find it around here. People support each other and I think the real power of this area is in its community Mm -hmm. and the people that really work with each other.
10: Wow. So that's quite interesting because I think um, often if you do do sort of a variety of media, maybe you do photography and radio, then you have to have all these different types of accounts. So if you can kind of combine them and put it all in one space... I suppose it would be a bit easier:
8: yeah because you do spend loads of time l- trying to make your website look nice and professional and you know sleek and all that and, and I think that drives time and, and patience and, and passion as well from it and, it's, and it, there's yeah. All...
5: and as Mel said, you do end up embedding your or uploading your work to five different platforms because yeah. each one has their own special you know tasks, so you've got your sound and your images, so having everything in one place is definitely an advantage. Something that interested me as well is that they uh, chose to be in Hackney Wick rather than in round Old Street, where most of the tech people uh, are at the moment. So it's a, it's it's a choice. And so they've obviously decided to be more in that kind of arty art art yeah. environment rather than the tech environment. So they're obviously closer to what artists want rather than mm. and than apparently the
8: tech. they get every day they get loads of good feedback. Um, Isabel was saying that she has the most satisfying work ever because she just gets good feedback from people okay. really thanking them for these platform which was very much needed because what they did was pioneers so having all your work in one place and being so simple that it works in all different devices so on your laptop on your ipad everything works really great and and that's really a great advantage for everyone who has different who works in different platforms
6: i'm curious about how they may be making money from this they're going to be uh, getting revenue from advertising or they how first, does it work for them?
8: they first they first off got um investment from um uh, investors Money from investors, but then they uh, crowdfunded them. Uh, and then there's
5: the revenue from what they're selling as well yes. online, so they're getting 10%. Yeah, which joining is, is free, yeah. but
8: then it, the thing is it grows as you go, go with it, so it's, it's really great. You can have just a free account and, you know, work fine with it, and then if you need other stuff, additional stuff, then you can you can pay for it. Great. I might, I might register onto that, onto that, <laughs> and then you I can, can tell us how it is. Yeah, exactly. So next up is Berlin-born
5: singer-producer Sinner. I think it's pronounced. Uh, warming up for her upcoming album, released um, soon, and she she'll be playing at the J- Servant Jazz Quarters on Wednesday, the twenty-sixth of March, supported by London-based producer Antwerp. Um, here's the Jengen Skies remix of Sinner with her track just okay. was the Jengen Skies remix of Sinner's track Just Okay. Last month I went to the Smash Lab event um, that happens bi-monthly at the book club and I asked organiser and curator Laura Lowe more about the event.
4: The book club actually approached me and asked me to do something there because well I used to be part of a collective called Skip Theatre and we used to put on events and We've put on parties and experimental kind of performance nights for years. And um, they approached us saying, we wanted to do a night. And I decided to sort of take it on myself and do a performance art and live art night. Because at that time, there wasn't really anything like that. I don't know if there is, I think there was a few others that have popped up now.
5: For someone who is not necessarily in the art world, they're completely new to this. They go to your event, how does it pan out? What, what would a, a sort of novice
4: audience be able to expect? It really depends on the night um, and the artists that we have, but there's no sort of stage as such in the basement of the book club. So performances take place all over the place. Sometimes we have sort of durational pieces happening throughout the evening, um, one-on-one pieces that you might not even notice are happening. The audience don't really sit down at Smash Lab, it kind of happens all around you. Occasionally people sit on the floor for a show. I think that's what's nice is the fluidity of the night and things just sort of happening. And you might not notice something, you might miss something, but that doesn't matter because there'd be lots of other things to kind of experience. Hmm. It's a really interesting space for performance because there isn't a stage and it's got kind of three sections in a sense. Well, kind of four actually, because the first one is sometimes used well when you come downstairs. So we've had like twenty person audiences at a time in one of the rooms where people have signed up to a performance on the door. We try and program artists working in performance from all different kind of mediums. So, um we have sort of theatre makers, we have people working in film, um, people working a fine art background working in performance and that might might be very installation based but it's still performative because the audience become the sort of performers in south or something whatever but I mean I think essentially without it's definitely not a variety show and it's not a kind of cabaret at all I think there's plenty of that in London so for me it was like about creating a kind of different sort of night that lots of different performance mediums could exist in without it being pretentious. Because I think performance art and live art nights can be, for a lot of people, the idea of that or the thought of that is like someone sitting on the floor bleeding or Mm. something. And it's definitely not like that. A lot of people, audience members, have said to me that, like, you know, it's a really interesting night and they've never been to a night like that in London before. So that, I think, is really really nice feedback um, and people come time and time again and, and also I think for me what was nice is because it doesn't exist in an institute we do get quite a varied audience of people that have never come to performance art or live up night before you know the book club client hour is quite kind of it's quite mediary, I guess
5: you know, you're doing it on a weeknight as well, so it's a, a lot of yeah. people coming after work. There are a lot of tech yeah. offices and media offices in exactly. the area, so they, they, you know, you probably get that range of audience as well.
4: Yeah, I do, which is great, and we do have some quite challenging work. I'd say, like, we definitely take risks with. I take risks with the curating, the producing, but I also try and make it um, accessible to to everyone. And I think the best kind of work artwork for me is well work that can exist on lots of different levels so someone that's like got a PhD in performance art can enjoy it but equally someone who's just literally walked off the street and doesn't have any knowledge of it can enjoy it too that was
5: Laura Lowe from Smash Lab and the next event uh, is at the Book Club on the 1st of April with lots of different artists performing throughout the night. I, I do recommend it. It's really interesting and so well organised. You just move from space to space and see what's going on and also the quality of the work. I was very pleasantly surprised because I, I, I just really had no idea what to expect and um, I was yeah, pretty much blown away by
6: some of the performances I saw. I Um, fact she said, you know, if you're not into performance art, you know, you you can. Yeah, and
5: there was like this stories Heller there last. The what? Last time I went, and it's very engaging. It's not kind of, yeah, you don't feel that. No bleeding on the floor. No, there's no bleeding. (laughs) Um, And tickets are uh, five to seven pounds, so quite reasonable as well.
10: Fantastic. Um, So now it's time for our events listings, and this is the part of the show where we break down the very best of what's going on around East London. Nia and Martha, what treasures have you got up your sleeves for us?
3: So, first up, for the first time ever, award-winning author Philip Pullman's grim tales for young and old are brought to life in an immersive storytelling experience, and that's happening deep in the basements of Shoreditch Town Hall. So that sounds pretty incredible, I think. That starts Friday the 14th of March, it's already started, and it goes on till Thursday the 24th of April, various times. Tickets start in
6: 1950,
3: so um, yeah, I think that sounds great.
6: Next up, graffiti art. It's the last chance to see an exhibition called The Bestiary at the Howard Griffin Gallery um, by an artist called Flem. Now, I've actually been to this exhibition and I really, really do rate it. Um, you may have seen his art on uh, buildings in London. Um, he is a street artist. Uh, now it's a chance to actually see his work in a gallery. I won't say more about it except for just go down there and check it out. It's on 189 Shoreditch High Street uh, on until 25th of March, so not much time to check that out. And then
3: next up we've got Tim Key with a show called Single White Slut. You might recognise Tim Key. He was the sidekick in the recent Alan Partridge um, Alpha Papa film. So he's done the Edinburgh circuit, the comedy circuit, and now um, this is following a ten uh, nights of a sold-out, show at the Soho Theatre so he's now at the um, Dulston Arcola so he's putting his poetry hat on um, and that's running until Saturday the 29th of March and tickets start at 17:50 oh. so next up for those of you who look back longingly at the London 2012 Olympic Games you can now swim in the very same pool as those champions you saw back then so the Queen Elizabeth Park's uh, swimming pool is open and the time's 6.30 till 10. You need to book online, but it's cheaper than a lot of pools in in, um, in London at £3.50.
10: And I imagine it's quite a lot nicer. Yeah.
13: Um, and inspirational mm, exactly. as well.
6: Exactly. <laughs>
10: Motivational. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
6: Love is in the air. Pheromone parties have come from LA to Hackney. It's a smell based speed dating event. Um yes, you heard it right. That's interesting. Usually they
8: have all these themed speed dating things now. Yeah, they do. People who cycle, people who run and now people that like to smell each other. Yes. Yeah, Alright. Pheromones are a big part of attraction, aren't they? So Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
14: Yeah.
6: I can see how it works. But you have to pay for the privilege. Ooh. Um, you know, it might be worth it. Six pounds entry fee. Uh prospective suitors will get the uh, privilege of sniffing strangers' clothes or, or armpits <laughs> or whatever. You oh. Um for deciding who they prefer. So um I think p- possibly have to go and Google pheromone party in Hackney to find out more about that.
8: Are you are you blinded? On
6: blindfolded. this um, blindfolded.
8: Blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Good question. Uh, because Good if question. you if you smell, it's it's a bit nonsense if you're there looking and smelling. It, it's a bit yeah. You, you know. smell. You take along um,
3: a piece of I think an item of clothing that you've worn, and it goes into uh, I don't know a place Plumbing. with a number. No. I've read oh about. my god! <laughs> and, uh, so people sniff through, and then they they say, okay, I'm attracted to number seventy one or whatever, and then those two neat uh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh
8: my god, this sounds a really great idea. Perhaps you should go and do an interview. Maybe I should. Oh. Tuesday
3: Tuesday the twenty-fifth of March, that is. So we'll put details on our website. For the coffee lovers among you, the Old Truman Brewery is hosting a festival dedicated to coffee on the third to the sixth of April. So tickets are online now at a discounted rate at eleven fifty, if you if you're quick. So it's a it's a big event taking over the whole brewery. Lots of workshops, tastings, free coffee, barrister competitions, which sounds quite interesting, mm. tropical beats from the coffee belt, DJs, bands, exhibitions, cocktails. Actually, food, um, that kind
8: of thing. I heard someone talking about it today, actually. They were wondering if it would be too geeky to go. But I think not. I think you can have, you know, if, you, if you're if into the scene or if you're just getting started, I think there's... there's um, is there yeah, a scene? everything
6: <laughs> Yes. There is, scene. there is a scene. How,
8: Martha, how come you don't I, know this scene? I, a I a do live in
6: East scene. yes. um, I'd just be concerned about drinking far too much coffee and um, not
8: being You haven't a been drinking the anymore. right coffee, apparently. Otherwise, apparently. you know there's
6: a scene. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to the festival. <laughs> I'm going to go. Thanks for that. And finally, uh, Kingston 14 is a new police corruption drama starring the one and only Goldie by the award-winning playwright Roy Williams. It's at the Theatre Royal in Stratford, and tickets start at £13. There's a discount if you're a Newham resident, so any Newham residents here. And that starts on the 28th of March, running until the 26th of April.
8: All of this will be in our blog, eastcastshow.com. Also check Twitter and Facebook for more updates.
10: Now, we've started working with a group called The Decorators, who are documenting life on Crisp Street in Poplar last week we heard from a boxing club and this time we hear from the residents of a hostel in the area queen victoria seamen's rest 131 east india dock road
9: walk 149 meters south down christ street from the clock tower towards east india dock road turn right and continue walking a further 322 meters west along east india dock road cross jeremiah street and enter the seamen's rest
0: Basically, where we are is um, Queen Victoria Siemens Rest, a.k.a. Hotel California, a.k.a. The Lonely Hearts Club. Um,
16: and it's the kind of place that sort of grows on you. It just started off as a meeting place, and then the accommodation came, the homeless. Um, it's been here since 1843. They had lots of Siemens missions, um, and the sailors would um, come here for... Welfare, sort of to help, well, in between sort of voyages and have somewhere to get some food or drink or shelter.
1: So I come to London in 1990. My grandmother was living in Roman Road at the time.
16: Um, I've been here nine years now. This is my ninth year. I mean, outside hasn't really changed much since I've been here, probably more. We've changed more. I don't know it's a strange place because i'd never i'd never been to the east end i feel more used to the area i suppose yeah it's, i feel very comfortable here
0: um i moved to east london to this area i think the end of march last year yeah you know for me i found out that there's much more of a community spirit you could see it and yeah it was my little sort of. Escape during the day because when I was new here, I had like all these anxieties of like, oh, being in a new place and sort of not really finding my feet just yet. So, just to pop into the idea store and sort of just let time go by, I guess.
1: Now, the feelings I have towards uh, Tower Hamlets is I'm a lot, lot better off that I grew up in Tower Hamlets rather than Hackney. If I grew up in Hackney and lived in Hackney, I reckon I would have being more on the street sort of thing, like in gangs. So even though, not to say I wasn't part of it in, in this borough, but I grew out of it and it didn't have such a strong influence. Because some of the friends that I got to know in Hackney, they're not in a very good place. Do you know what I mean? I'm not much better off, but at least I can say that I have my
0: freedom and I have my sanity. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of them cannot say that. In a way, like, I'm... Um... Kind of like an East Londoner now. It's it's still weird for me saying this. I kind of grew up and lived in like North London, Harringay, for pretty much all my life, and I kind of like it around here. You know, they're both a little bit. I would describe as like run-down sort of boroughs. In Harringay, it was you had your Greeks, Turks, Cypriots, and they kind of like. It was very similar because they had like businesses there. They had a sort of community there. Then slowly things changed. So a lot of people moved out of the area. Oh, a lot of change. Like, I've seen it all. I've seen
1: it all. Like, I've seen a structural change, like buildings that have gone down, the streets, the improvement that um, Labour have brought into this area and the money they've um, have invested into this area, which they've done a lot. Do you know what I mean? It's become more multicultural.
16: If I go up to Chris Street, it's nice that there's a sort of like a little market where they um, with the shops and there's like a community feel there's the market in the middle and there's the people sort of sitting at the you know having the teas and coffees outside because so I do think that's quite nice that a lot of the you know the men like going down and having their cup of tea or their cup of coffee and going to the shops it's nice it's accessible for those that are less mobile it's quite close at hand so I think just investment to keep it to keep it a going concern
0: this area will be very similar to like a lot of places in the city. you have got high-rise tower blocks and newly refurbished um, apartments and whatnot. I don't know if there's going to be much green left because they're building quite a, a lot on a lot of the sort of green spaces. But I think it's going to be another extension to the city. But the locals here may end up having to sort of move further out. I think it's all right the way
1: it is. Like you've got various types of cultures, people of different colours, um, different backgrounds. You know. We're there, and we have to accept one another. We've come a long way in the last 20 years. Like to the way London is
0: now and how it was 20 years ago is completely different. I see myself as a drifter. Wherever I lay my hat next would be my home. So this is my home for the meantime, and wherever I end up next, I end up next.
5: Um, you'll be able to catch some of the Eastcast gang live at Chris Street on the s- Saturday the 29th of March because we'll be hosting some of the live radio s- shows that they'll be doing straight from the market. I was, was going to say, I hope we're going to be alive then. We'll be alive. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be live. Excellent. Um, no dead Eastcast members, I hope. Um, very alive. Very, very alive. Uh, the last track of the show is by San Francisco-based uh, Scott Hansen, who... Um, um, is producing under the Tycho moniker and he'll be playing tracks from his newly released album Awake at Oval Space on Wednesday the 26th of March.
10: So there's just enough time before we go to say we've been Eastcast recorded this week in Pearl Wise's living room. We're on NTS every other Monday, but in the meantime, you can catch us anytime on eastcastshow.com or on iTunes. Keep those suggestions coming on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening and we'll leave you with Montana by Tycho.